You're listening to The Running Public. From marathoners to mud runners, we all have the same goal. Get to the finish line faster. That's right. This podcast is for you guys, The Running Public. This is The Running Public's Training Tuesday. Training Tuesday is where we talk about training only. One topic, we dive deep, we explore it completely. It's training, it's Tuesday. Training Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Well, here we are. No Kirk. Just me this week. Kirk is in Vietnam as we speak. If you're checking out his Instagram stories, it's looking like a pretty awesome trip. He's over there with Jess, who co-hosted with us just a week ago. So I hope they're having a great trip while I'm recording here alone. It's weird. It's strange. And so I'm going to do no preamble here. There's going to be none of the usual chit-chat, no long intro, just going to be pure information today. It's probably going to be pretty short, which we've said many times before, and I have personally been at fault for not being able to stick to that, but there's no reason this shouldn't be under a half hour today. So that's what I'm doing. Time right now. Half hour. Here we go. Today, what I'm going to do is a series, begin a series of Training Tuesdays about just individual workouts. We talk a lot of theoretical, we talk a lot of practical, but we very rarely take one workout and just completely break it down and show how to approach it, how to apply it, how to adapt it. Uh, We do pieces of it, but it's never really the focus. It's a byproduct of something else we're talking about. So today, it is the entire product. So I'm going to start with two workouts this week. And I'm going to do uh, two to three more next week. If today goes really quickly, I'll add a third on to today. But I tend to get long-winded. So two workouts, and they will be two of my favorite workouts slash my most effective workouts. Sound good? Let's get started. Workout number one. One of my favorite all-time workouts is Bigfoot. Now, this is OCR specific. This is an OCR specific workout, and it is called Bigfoot. I came up with this workout in 2012 at Bigfoot Beach State Park. Some of you have heard this before, but never at this level of detail. So at the time, I was very new to obstacle course racing. I had just come off of college cross country and track the year prior. I was decently fast. I had no ability to do compromised running. I had no ability to do... Uh, the skill work of OCR, and I had no ability to do heavy carries. So this workout was designed to work on all of those things. Uh, In addition, broken running. So quick little aside here, the difference between compromised running and broken running is that broken running is just something that anything that disrupts your stride where compromised running has a fatiguing element to it. So broken running can be compromised, but it specifically talks about disruptions of your stride while moving forward. So an example would be that... um, Going through technical terrain or um, quick undulations of of hills or switchbacks, those are broken running. You get into your stride, then you have to chop your feet or change it. Uh, it can be compromising in nature, but they're two different skill sets, but they're, they're kissing cousins is what they really are. So this workout I designed uh, is one of my first compromised run workouts. And I've tweaked it slightly over the years, but not not very much because it's it was built on the premise of tried and true track workouts, and I just or cross country really, and I applied it to OCR. So what Bigfoot is is you have a medium length interval followed by a medium length carry, 
and then a shorter interval followed by a shorter carry. And then at the end of that one round, you add in a skill of any sort, and that's the end of the round, and then you repeat it for however long you want to. So when I first started doing this, I started with 40-minute sessions, and I tried to extend up to 90 because I was working on both my compromise running and my skill, but also at the same time, the ability to handle all of that as the workouts and races got, uh, got longer and longer and further and further in duration. So my first race was a sprint, a Spartan sprint, which at the time was like three and a half, four miles. And my next race was an 8.8 mile race and it just rocked me, but I did decently well in the first one. So I needed staying power to go with it. So it was an all encompassing workout to work on being prepared for the demands of an obstacle course race. So the way this looked is a 1000 meter run followed by a half duration carry 500 meter carry, then a 500 meter run and then half duration carry 250 meter carry, and then a skill work. All right, so it looked like 1,000-meter run, 500-meter carry, 500-meter run, 250-meter carry. Now, I was working on the skills, a couple things at the time. Burpees were a big one. Spear throw was a big one. And then they had an obstacle back in the day in Spartan Race called the, the tractor pull, I believe it was called. And you had a cinder block that you had to drag behind you uh, with a chain. And sometimes at bigger races, you had two cinder blocks, one on each chain. So those were the three skills I was working on at the time. Uh, farmer's drag, farmer's pull, tractor pull, tractor pull. I already said this once. Tractor pull, burpees, and spear throw. And by skill, I mean a specific component of the race that wasn't touched upon in the rest of the workout. So the workout I would do would be 1,000-meter run, 500-meter carry, 500-meter run, 250-meter carry, and then round one, I would do 30 burpees in between. Round two, I would do a tractor pull in between. And then round three, 30 burpees. Round four, tractor pull, so on and so forth. I'd alternate between those. But I started and finished each one of those with a spear throw. So all together now, we've looked at all the pieces. This is exactly how four rounds of Bigfoot looked for me in 2012. 1,000 meter run. 500 meter bucket carry. 500 meter run, 250 meter double sandbag carry, spear throw, 30 burpees, spear throw, 1000 meter run, 500 meter bucket carry, two, uh, 500 meter run, 250 meter, uh, I think regular sandbag carry now, spear throw, tractor pull, spear throw. That was two rounds. Then I repeated that all again to get four. And at the time, I think that was getting me about 60 minutes worth of work. I think. I could be wrong on the duration, but that's how four rounds looked. Now, as the season progressed, what I started doing was running every other rep over the top of every picnic table that was in the park. So I was doing this at Bigfoot Beach State Park. Um, and so there are, there are picnic tables set up throughout this. And so I would have to hurdle up onto the top of, and then off of and down the backside of every picnic table. So sometimes I'd hurdle on hurdle off the, if, if it's facing, um, long way in front of me. So I'm, I'm just, I'm seeing the short side and it, as a rectangle, the broad side is facing me. The longest side is facing me. I would just hurdle on off. And if it was the long way, I would run up onto it, run across and run down. 
So it alternated how I went over them just by how they were faced. But every other run, I used those. Every single picnic table, I had to go up and over just for more broken running, more for breaking up that rhythm, having to jump and exert, exert a little bit, kind of like a steeplechase workout, going over the barriers while running your interval. It's a different type of running. It's a different type of fitness. It's a different type of fatigue, rhythm breakers. So that's exactly how Bigfoot looked for me back then. Now, things have changed in Spartan Race, and I changed it throughout there as well. Sometimes I would have two 45-pound water jugs, and my 250-meter carry would be holding one of each of those in my hands, and that carry could take 10 minutes um, because you'd blow out your first time doing it, and you couldn't do it the rest, you know, unbroken. And so the second time through, that's a long carry. Keep in mind, I was prepping for the uh, the Spartan World Championship in Killington, Vermont, which was going to be three hours-ish to win it. So I was okay with long, grindy carries because I was going to need to be able to do that on the ski slopes of Killington. So the way this workout can be adapted is that whatever race you are prepping for, that's what you use skill-wise and carry-wise for this workout. So 1,000-meter and 500-meter runs are pretty universal. That's three to five minutes for the medium intervals and, I don't know, 90 seconds to two and a half minutes for the short intervals, depending on what pace you're running. So that those are pretty standard interval durations for track and for cross country. And that type of workout, uh, medium to long interval followed by medium to short interval, is very common as well in the track and cross country world. So these are that's a pretty typical running style. And then adding in the skill of the carries or the demands of the carries or the drags or whatever it is, is just you choose what you're preparing for. So, for example, if you, d- you didn't care about Spartan, you're preparing for Savage Race, well, what are the carries there? Not super difficult. You could have a rec bag and you can have that little piece of log they have. Well, the little piece of log, while not important, is often very long. So doing the 500-meter carries with the log would probably be pretty good. And do they even do a rec bag there? I'm not sure if they even do anymore. So you could do both your carries with the log. So you could do 1,000-meter run, 500-meter log, 500-meter run, 250-meter log. And because it's not going to be heavy, you're working on moving speedily, working at moving at race pace or faster with your carry to try to really hone in your skill to be able to do that. If you go back and watch Jacksonville, the Spartan race Jacksonville back in, I want to say 2019, where Ryan Atkins won, he and Aaron Newell had spectacular sandbag carries in the muck. And they were just more stable running with their carries than anyone else was on that course that day. And they put a significant time gap into people on on that that carry and ryan won the race there he was already in the lead and he may have won anyway but he ended the race on that carry and aaron went something like i don't know eighth to second or something outrageous on that carry now there's some rumor that his sand was leaking out or he had a lighter bag but it doesn't matter the man executed what was put in front of him so running above race pace with carries has a place in the sport so another way to approach this workout is to hit both ends of the spectrum And that is one round go through and do one carry heavy and one carry fast. And the next round switch the weights for that. So now the short carry is heavy and the long carry is fast and vice versa the next couple rounds. Or one round everything's super heavy. The next round it's lighter. So that you're working on one one round trying to just handle a very, very difficult carry. 
and work on your technique for how do you make it efficient and keep it up the whole time and keep yourself stable. And the other time you're working on how do I move very, very quickly and efficiently under this load? The other thing you can do, let's say it's high rocks. You're preparing for a high rocks. Well, now you have 1,000 meter run, 500 meter farmer's carry, 1,000 meter run, 250 meter sled push and pull. Very, very good workout. You're going to get the same type of stimulus that you're going to get from the other ones, except now it's high rock specific. Maybe you're doing a DECA prep. Now it's a 1,000 meter run, 500 meter row. 500 meter row 250 meter skier or again a farmer's carry because you're going to have to do that in there you can have walking lunges in there you can break up that 250 or that 500 with multiple exercises so for high rocks it might be 1000 meter run 500 meter row 500 meter run 250 meters broken up of could be 50 meter sled push 50 meter sled pull 50 meters walking lunge 50 meters burpee broad jump and 50 meter farmer's carry now that would probably be excessive you'd probably want to balance it out to more like i don't know 80 meters each or 125 each or something like that to not get to the point where you're just going multiple different exercises never really getting into a groove on any one of them but if you want heavy on all of them 50 meters is plenty So you can adapt it for any style of OCR, but the point is that you're getting right around that three to five minutes on a run, and then the shorter carry takes you about the same amount of time, and then you get two to three minutes on a run, maybe a little less, one and a half to two and a half minutes on the run, and then the same amount on the carry. So these rounds are looking like, what does that add up to? Uh, You've got like, let's say the fastest it would be if I'm doing this in really good fitness and I'm doing a thousand meter run and a 500 meter run, let's say I'm averaging 520 pace throughout this. So you're looking at something like five minutes of running and then another potentially five minutes of carry. That's a 10 minute round. And then you add in whatever skill piece you want at the end in between rounds, burpees, spear throw, could be some wall balls, whatever, or you don't have to have that. So the shortest it's going to be ever is a 10 minute round. The longest it could be is upwards of 20 minutes. If you do some really nasty, grindy, heavy stuff in there and you're a slower runner. So you can either do it continuously as a tempo run where you're going to try to match intended or slightly slower pace and keep it the whole time, 48 minutes straight of Bigfoot. You just match your intensity to the duration, or you can do it as threshold intervals, 10 to 12 minute reps, take 90 seconds, three minutes rest in between, and then hit it again. So those you're going to run slightly faster and work more on moving speed rather than grinding it out. Or you put them all together and work on working through building fatigue, accumulating fatigue throughout the workout. Both are fantastic ways of running it, and they can be alternated. You could do this workout back-to-back weekends, do it one one way, the other the other way. Or you can use one of them as more of a skill and intensity session, and the other one is a time trial. 60 minutes of, of Bigfoot is a really good time trial for a sprint or a super, for a Spartan race or for a Savage race, or 40 minutes of it, whatever you're prepping for. It's a really good time trial as well, so it's a pretty versatile workout, and you can match the demands of anything you're going to do. So Bigfoot workout. I think I've gone through everything you need to know on that. And then the running purest version of that is basically long and short or medium and short intervals. So 
1,000 meters, 500 meters, 1,000 meters, 500 meters. And you're either doing that as an in and out tempo workout, like a Kirk's float recovery kind of thing, 1,000 meter at half marathon pace, 500 meters easy, 500 meters at 10K pace, 500 meters easy, something like that. Or you're running an interval session, 1,000 meters at 10K, 500 meters at 5K, 1,000 meters at 10K, 500 meters at 5K, everything with 90 seconds rest in between. Something like that. So either one of those two workouts is a really good road, track, trail specific workout version of this. You adapt that even further by making it terrain specific. 1,000 meters smooth, 500 meters technical. 1,000 meters smooth, 500 meters technical. 1,000 meters technical, 500 meters smooth. That kind of work where you're using the different durations to practice skills of the race. Or it can be 1,000 meter flat, 500 meter a hill rep, or 1,000 meter hill rep, 500 meter flat. Whatever it's going to be, you take the appropriate rest in between, usually anywhere between 90 sec- or 60 seconds and 3 minutes, depending on how hard you're working. The closer you are to threshold, the closer you are to 1 minute of rest. The further you are above it, the closer you are to full 3 minutes of rest in between your reps. And then sometimes you can do change of pace workouts where you would do 1,000 meters at half marathon pace, 500 meters at 10K pace, rest for 60 seconds. Or 1,000 meters at 10K, 500 meters at 5K, rest for three minutes. So changing gears throughout your workout. But that 1,000 meter 500, that full duration, half duration, it's more common on the track to go mile mile 800 mile 800 or 800 400 800 400 alternating is a really common track workout but this bigfoot style of workout translates very very well to other venues of running so if you don't already have a workout like that in your repertoire start adding it in the final way to do that for ocr is to make it hill dependent thousand meter run 500 meter hilly carry 500 meter hilly run 250 flat carry Or you can do all the runs hilly and all the carries flat, or all the runs flat, all the carries hilly, or you can do the whole thing up and down. 1,000 meters worth of time up and down a ski slope, 500 meters worth of time carry up and down the ski slope, then 500 up and down, then 250 carry up and down. These kind of workouts always can be translated to the hills. So I think that's the full ins and outs, nuts and bolts of Bigfoot. Pretty much anyone could benefit from putting this into their repertoire. And keep in mind, even if it's just a standalone time trial, it's a very effective workout. So then my second workout that I really, really, really like is the split tempo. Now, both of these workouts, if you've been on our running program or our OCR program on Training Peaks, you'll recognize. The split tempo, in my opinion, might just be the most versatile workout I've ever seen. And what a split tempo really is, is exactly what it sounds like. You take a tempo run and you split it in half and you jam something in the middle. So let's say you had a six mile tempo run scheduled. Cut it in half, reduce it down a little bit, two mile tempo, two mile tempo, and in the middle, you do some sort of work. So what you put in the middle is very dependent upon what you're trying to accomplish at that point in your training or in your season. So classically in cross country or in track, you might do two mile tempo, four by 400, one mile tempo, four by 400, two mile tempo, something like that. That would be a a split tri tempo or something like that. Or another one is 2000 meter threshold, go then 
eight by 800 and then 2000 meter threshold. So something where you start and finish longer and slower in the middle is generally spicier and shorter with, with interval based work happening. So it's a really good workout to focus on changing gears in the middle of a race. It's also a really good workout to work on getting out and settling into a pace and just relaxing at your threshold then getting to work and getting some spicier, more intense work done, and then having to work while relaxing into the finishing up tempo. The The money workout, the money of the workout is certainly in the middle, but that final rep, the second half of the tempo is like golden hour training because you have to fight for every stride to keep it perfect. It's not necessarily the hardest run you'll ever do, but running your threshold pace in an extended 10 plus minute rep at the end of already doing some hard work takes real focus and it's really, really good for your stride to have to work in that way while that fatigued. There's some some magic to working at threshold at the end of a workout for an extended duration. I'm talking double digit minutes most of the time because it just really reinforces that pathway in your brain and in your body of when I'm tired, this is the stride we click back into. There's some real power to that. So you can do it. I mean, uh, the these uh, Norwegian triathletes, they use these all the time. If you watch uh, Gustav Eden or Christian Blumenfeld on their training days on YouTube, you see workouts like this all the time. They start with a tempo run, and then they do reps on the track, and then they go back out for a tempo. Or they use it as a brick session. They'll bike, run, bike, whatever. Uh, so triathletes use this. You'll see track athletes use this all the time two-mile tempo on the road, come back and do some track work, go back out for two-mile tempo. Sometimes they just do it on the track. So you'll see Olympic-level track athletes do it. You'll see Olympic-level triathletes do it. You see cross-country runners do this style of work a lot. And so you can choose any one of those versions of the workout. You take a standard tempo run, split it in half, shorten it slightly, and then put work in the middle. So 400s are great to put in the middle. They're easy to hit. They're not so long that if you overwork it, if you crank too hard, you're screwed for the rest of your workout because it's still just 400 meters. You can get it back together, recoup, hit the rest of them appropriately, learn from rep number one, and still hit the threshold at the end. Whereas if you did like a 20-minute tempo, three-by-mile hard 20-minute tempo, A, that'd be a brutal workout, and B, if you overwork that first mile, you might not hit anything for the rest of the day. Your workout might be shot. So shorter reps in the middle are pretty good. The other thing you can do is hill reps in the middle. So let's say, again, you do a 15-minute tempo run, then you do 10 by 200-meter hill sprint, and then you hit another 15-minute tempo to, to wrap her up. That split tempo just gives you so much versatility to work on so many different skills all at once. And you can reverse it as well. You can do intervals, tempo, intervals, or hill reps, tempo in the middle, hill reps. And that's just a workout that I generally call tempo in the middle. It's a totally different workout than the split tempo because the split tempo, the focus is on hitting the tempo as well while doing some work in the middle. But then you look at the OCR side of the split tempo and suddenly you realize the the variations are limitless. You can do quite literally any piece of our sport as a split tempo. For example, one of my most common split tempos is that hill in the middle split tempo. I'll do a two mile tempo run and then I will do however many hill reps I want to do and then I have to hit a, a two mile tempo cash out. And that two mile tempo 
after having done 20 minutes worth of hill reps is really demanding. But it's not inherently damaging because it's just 20 minutes and it's at probably your hour race pace or even slower. It could be your marathon. I mean, it's probably your marathon race pace for those two different 20-minute tempos. So it's not inherently demanding of your pace and the impact, but it's demanding because you're so fatigued that it's hard just to run well with good form at the end of all that work. Another standard one I'll do um, is some sort of mile, two-mile tempo or buy-in. And then I will do OCR 400s in the middle, 400 meter run, OCR movement, 400 meter run, OCR movement, so on and so forth. You can do it high rock style. You can do mile, two mile, 3K, I mean, whatever you want as your buy-in and then get your sled work done and your station work and then buy back out with more tempo. Or you can reverse that. You can do OCR tempos on either side with standalone running in the middle. So you could do uh, something like Bigfoot for 20 minutes as a tempo and then run 10 by 400 and then do 12 more minutes of Bigfoot to cash out. Or the reverse of that, you can do a two mile tempo, 20 minutes of Bigfoot, and then a two mile tempo finisher. But splitting it up allows you to get work in chunks. That's obvious. But what that does for you mentally is allows you to compartmentalize the work and the skill work. So often when we try to combine skill work in OCR with compromise running, with my actual run, I want to run at threshold or I want to run this pace, it's hard to hit pace and hit compromised and skill work at the same time. Unless the pace you're trying to hit is like high rocks race pace. That's a little simpler, but when you're trying to work in a zone, it gets complicated. Because if you're doing something that's very compromising, getting out, your heart rate might be in zone four, or let's say zone three, but the way your legs feel trying to run six minute pace feels like zone five effort. So it's, it's not always an equivalent effort and it's hard to manage, but if you split it up in a workout, you can compartmentalize really easily. I'm going to run 20 minutes at marathon pace, and then I'm going to do compromise run. And I don't care about pace here because I'm working my threshold on either end of this workout. I'm just going to hit the OCR running in the way I need to for the race. And then I come back to running marathon pace for 20 minutes. In a, in a vacuum metrics, perfect. It's also a really good way to work on the technicality of running. Most often, you don't hit the most technical portions of a race at the beginning or at the end because the start-finish area is rarely the technical area. It's rarely the steepest area, and it's rarely the most technical or muddy or wow, sandy, whatever. That generally happens when you get out away from the race venue. So split tempo is perfect for that. Start and finish working on your running metrics, your clean running, your perfect stride. And in the middle, do some technical running, whether it's more tempo. It could be three different 20-minute tempos or 10-20-10 with clean, technical, clean. Or it could be intervals on those trail loops that you might have somewhere. And the inner trails are technical and the outer trails aren't. There's your split tempo right there. The variations truly are endless with the split tempo, and you're really only limited by what you can imagine for your workout. And so when you slap them all together, you get these, these Frankenstein workouts that aren't necessarily the best at anything, but you touch upon it all. Split tempos are the remedy for that. If you're doing too many blah workouts where you're working on everything all at once and getting nowhere, compartmentalize it into chunks in a split tempo. And so for cross-country runners, track runners, or OCR runners, it's fantastic. And what we haven't talked yet about are the mountain runners. 
and split tempos are phenomenal for mountain runners. Killian Jornet is kind of becoming famous for this workout he does where, and he has different versions of it, but his most famous one, the one that's made the most headlines online, is he does a vertical K and then a 10K time trial. He runs uphill for 3,000 meters, gets back to the bottom, and then runs 10K. And both the vertical K and the 10K are time trial efforts. They are very close to all out. That's a split tempo, essentially. It's just not bookended. It's just split into two pieces. He has an uphill piece and he has a flat piece. And his rationale for this is you have to start really hard in these mountain races. But you also have to be able to run downhill or run the flats really hard in the middle and the end of the races after having done these brutal climbs. And this is how we work on it. And he has more he more rationale and science behind that. But he also does a lot of intuition-based training. And I believe that this workout stemmed from intuition rather than from science for him. And so doing chunks of flats and then chunks of climbs sometimes is superior to going climb up, climb down, flat, climb up, climb down, flat. Sometimes you need to do a bunch of flats and then a bunch of climbs and then a bunch of flats again, or a bunch of climbs and then a bunch of flats and then a bunch of climbs again. It's a good way to get more work stacked on top of itself in the same venue and then move on to doing the next one when you're already compromised from the previous, but not muddying the water on any one individual rep. So it's a fantastic tool for mountain runners and for ultra runners. You just do longer blocks. Ultras generally, the things that you're doing, you're doing for a while. Most ultras do not shift up and down continuously. You get more of steady climbs. Sometimes you have some sharp little ups and downs, but they generally, by the nature of having to cover so much ground, outside of backyard ultras or loop-based courses, whatever you're doing, you're going to be doing for 10, 20, 30 minutes at a time. Not always, but often. And so these chunks of training types in a split tempo is very useful to an ultra. You can take your three-hour long run and just compartmentalize it into 30-minute chunks. 30-minute run, 30-minute hill reps. Rinse and repeat. It's very, very useful for all runners. So I hope that you guys have two new types of workouts that you can implement into your own training. I just talked for 20 plus minutes about these two workouts. If 10 minutes of each workout was not enough to answer all the potential questions about how to apply this to your training, message me and I'll get back to you. Have a great rest of your week and we will see you this Friday for our first Kirk Free interview of 2023.